0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Uh, the episode today is another in the Bitcoiner Stories series that I've been doing. Uh, this is from a slew of live streams that I did back in June. Um, so just for context, that's the time frame they're coming from if it doesn't jive with what's going on currently. But um, basically, I would tweet out uh, on Twitter an offer to join the live stream, and whoever dm me first is the person that I would uh, have on. And I wanted to do this basically just to connect with more uh, Bitcoiners out in the wild. You know, hear their stories and perspectives and, of course, also give them an opportunity to share their perspective where uh, perhaps they don't often get the chance to do so. And uh, thus far, it's been super fun. I I decided for June that I was going to do a bunch of them. I took the last week off, but I'm definitely going to keep doing these moving forward. And uh, this one today is with at StormJib, S-T-O-R-M-J-I-B, on Twitter, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys like it.
1: Let's do it.
0: Boom, and we're live. Mike, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely, John. You look like you're coming from a very, uh, very nice environment right now. Where are you at?
1: Um, it's my, basically my mother and my aunt's house. Used to be my grandmother's. It's a spot on the Jersey Shore. We uh, did the renovation of the house today.
0: You guys getting some good uh, weather finally?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we got some warm weather, some nice breeze. It's It's been some good days down here.
0: Awesome. Um, so, man, tell me, uh, before we get started on, you know, we were, we we're chatting a bit on Twitter. Um, you know, there is something specific that you wanted to, like, talk about and share tonight. But tell me a little bit about uh, your uh, journey down the Bitcoin rabbit hole before we get going on everything.
1: I mean, for me, how my journey down the Bitcoin rabbit hole is... I first became aware of Bitcoin, I'd wanna say the first time I can recall was 2013. And frankly, it was just the Silk Road aspect, which I never really got the guts to utilize any aspect <laughs> of Silk Road, but I was intrigued how that was a method that people could, you know, exchange goods, pay, so forth. But I never really stopped to think about the monetary mechanism of Bitcoin. I just took it for granted that Bitcoin was how you paid, Bitcoin is what you used. Totally. Always assumed it was something trivial like a photo attachment on an email, which is also significant, but it didn't really raise my eyebrows and I didn't ask the questions. So fast forward, come 2017, I started to kind of look at it in my periphery over the course of 2017 and it wasn't until the blow off top of December uh, 2017 where I was like, wow, I must have really missed something like, what is this? What's going on here? So I kind of like... Uh, got in like two days before the blow off top and then started learning about what I actually bought. Like I had no idea what I even really bought when I first bought. And I'd say it took me until like six weeks deep to have a Trezor transfer to a device, have a wallet like Samurai. And I'm still not as advanced of a user as I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. I find I'm not that advanced on the technical spectrum. For example, I purchased my parts to do a Blitz, uh node and those parts are still sitting in a bag. I haven't <laughs> made the move, it's really kind of pathetic. Yeah. But uh, I'm very intrigued by it all. I went to uh Magical Crypto conference last year and it was very interesting to hear various Blockstream people talk and to meet real Bitcoiners. And I suppose what I'd liken it to is, first you see the number go up aspect of Bitcoin, But then you realize there's so much more about it. When I started to listen to Andreas Antonopoulos videos and realized that there's properties and qualities imparted by Bitcoin that have pretty profound effects on human groups and society. And that's when I started going deeper down the rabbit hole, kind of getting excited, kind of getting impressed by it. And I basically dedicate, I'll say, somewhere between 10 and 20 hours a week to reading and consuming content. I'm very excited by it. And I think there's a lot of potential in the space.
0: 100%. You know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the Silk Road experience. And I think a huge portion of us have something along the lines of a similar story. But, and, and, you know, I often tell the story about how I was so enthralled about Bitcoin from a, you know, like political tool component uh, right. and, and not number go up that I totally blanked on number go up uh simultaneously which you know is is beyond how it's beyond me how that could have happened but here we are but even prior to that uh same as you you know i was intrigued by the silk road you know as the story goes a buddy of mine wanted to source some dmt and he was like oh you know we can get some dmt on the silk road and um we pussied out but still we like we we went we went you know far enough to understand what was involved and this is where, where I came in touch with Bitcoin. It's like, oh, you know, you've got to pick up some of these Bitcoin to transact on this this uh, website. And it was more of a nuisance. Like, I, I got it right. Like, OK, you know, they want to transact in this like non traceable or presumably non traceable private uh, currency. Um, and I it didn't dawn on me like, well, what does what attributes does it need to have to fulfill the you know, that that right. uh, that purpose? Uh, because I would have been very intrigued by it had it been like st- obviously stated or had I pursued it a little bit further. Yeah. Um, but at the time I was just like, oh, you know, it was kind of like a game token. It's like, oh, you need, you need to pick up these so that you can buy something in this marketplace. And, you yeah. know, at, at that point in time, that was as far as it went. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people probably, uh, heard about the Silk Road and, or, uh, either interacted with it or nearly interacted with it. And that was probably their first exposure to Bitcoin.
1: It is so multidisciplinary though. That's the thing. It's bigger than any one philosophy that one has in the wheelhouse. Like it's so broad, Bitcoin, broader than you'd assume when you first enter. 100%.
0: Yeah. And that's what's so intriguing about it, you know, because you mentioned you spend 20 hours a week or so on it. You can do that, you know, because there's so many different, uh, you know, elements involved in understanding it in, in as holistic a way as you can. And as, you know, as you go further down the rabbit hole, you kind of come to the realization that one, it goes really deep and touches on some really core, you know, uh, ideas about, you know, uh, humanity, you know, life, energy, that kind of stuff. But there's like there's no shortage of intellectual fodder for you to go in any direction and, and keep, you know, stimulating yourself with that because. It, it being money and the and you know the other things that it probably is and will be uh, it touches on everything you know it impacts uh, yeah. so many things and and that's what makes it so juicy to keep learning about it
1: yeah it's very interesting
0: so uh, tell me about uh, your if you're comfortable tell me about your profession and and kind of your yeah. what you what you've been trying to do with your colleagues and I've, stuff like I've that
1: i've been a few things i mean i'll say that i've started out life i was a glass blower for 8 years Uh, That wasn't meeting my financial needs. Uh, Specifically, I wanted to be able to afford a boat, and uh, it seemed like the shortest distance between two points seemed to go to nursing school, so uh, I went to nursing school, went back to school after having a fine arts background in 2007, came out of school in the end of 2010, so... Then I was basically a registered nurse. I got hired on in a community hospital where I worked on a dialysis floor. I basically stayed in that facility for a total of eight years. The first uh, five years were on that uh, dialysis slash med surge floor. So it was like hemodialysis patients, peritoneal dialysis patients, plus whatever else. And then at the end, I went into what they call their float pool, which means On a nightly basis, I was assigned to one of five units, and I could be pulled mid-shift to different environments, so it was a lot more variable, and I, you know, got to work on, like, the chemo floor and the infectious disease floor and the ortho floor, so I've seen a a little bit of a lot, and I'll be honest with you, uh, nursing's a very high-pressure job with a broad skills basket. I mean, you need to have a little bit of the analytical. You need to have a little bit of the human. You need to have like this chop, chop, get it done. And a lot of what I would like to be doesn't necessarily fit with what floor nursing is. So I've basically transitioned away from the floor. I feel like I've I've worked excessively during some of the time I worked on the floor. And presently, I did a little bit of travel nursing last year on a ortho unit, but I'm primarily working under my small captain's license now. I drive an oil boom boat. And so that's how I feed myself right now. But I still hold the nurse's license. Cool. So I guess how we lead down that rabbit hole is, is my thought is, is given that I don't have a strong technical background and I'd like to do something for Bitcoin, I feel that trying to make inroads about talking to people about Bitcoin within the group of their profession might possibly help build small sub communities. So I basically have just made a little reblogging group on Facebook, which is a real humble beginning. But like I just basically try to invite different nurses I know in to just with the content and I try to just put stuff in front of people and maybe I'll make a couple Bitcoiners here and there. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and how's it been important.
1: going? I mean, engagement is extremely low. Uh, it's hard to get people to even want to open their eyes to Bitcoin. Like, it's it's how do you get them to take that first step is the real struggle I have. I only have 71 people in it. I'm pretty selective, and I don't I don't grind hard to get the numbers up. That might be a shortcoming of mine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just something I'm feeling out. So, so I guess. I, I'm open to thoughts and suggestions and ideas. That's kind of where I'm at. So let me
0: just to reiterate. So you you started a Facebook group with colleagues in the nursing domain, right?
1: Yeah, loosely colleagues. Like basically, I targeted uh, travel nurses throughout a uh, travel nursing site, and you know, just by interjecting in threads here and there where appropriate, and a few people would join. So based on those casual efforts to bring people in the group. I've got about 71 people that look on the content. It's real small.
0: And they, sh- they showed up because they had some interest, presumably, right?
1: They must have. If I put the link in front of them and they chose to join, I feel like they at least had a very minor curiosity.
0: And this is on Facebook. So because uh, I, I one of the things I find with, it's interesting to see the different types of engagement on different platforms. You know, mm-hmm. twi- Twitter is obviously, well, for me, it's, it's the best. It's the most kind of intellectual discourse. You know, Facebook, you get a lot of reactionary kind of mainstream right. responses. YouTube is just as the comments and shit are just a cesspool of nonsense, yeah. you know, so it's different on everyone. But um, what would like what has been your experience in terms of their feedback? So those 71 members, you know, uh, what have they been uh, saying about everything?
1: Extremely poor engagement, if I'm to be completely honest. I mean, right. that's Occasionally, I will get a few likes and so forth. I feel like it's hard to find people that are willing to put in the mental energy because to get into Bitcoin, you gotta have a little bit of mental plasticity to kind of try it on for size and challenge your existing ideas. And it, it's not an easy process for a lot of people. I feel. um sure. I I I have some aspirations to try to broaden my focus in the sense that I want to go off facebook my own website and i kind of the concept is is dot 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 discussing bitcoin and basically what it would allow is let's say you were a welder you could drop to the pull down create a login under the welder community and now you're talking about bitcoin welders and we might be early to divide the community into professional subgroups for discussion but i feel like within professional subgroups it's easy to build camaraderie in other words, if you already have the familiarity of, say, being a mechanic and you're in that room with other mechanics, maybe it's that much easier to talk about Bitcoin together because you might have a side conversation about some other thing. 100%. Um, it's just kind of uh, something I'm just experimenting with. I'm not, I don't have any really large goals to even build a mon- monetary structure to it or anything at this point. Yeah. Like the vision ultimately is is like i'm having a meeting with an old colleague who's currently an administrator in a florida hospital and basically the value proposition i feel that could exist for say somebody who is on the more bitcoin knowledgeable uh, level compared to a layperson is being basically like a good shepherd of resources that you could almost be like a bitcoin help desk in the sense that you say to this employer that it says hey would you like to have employees that save would you like to have employees that are financially responsible that grow and become secure? Well, this is a good tool to do that and we can help those people be less likely to make mistakes. And it's up to them to come ask the question and they still, the burden is on them to research and learn like how to use the tools suggested. Like I can't make choices for people, but normal people don't have knowledge about like not taking screenshots of say uh bit 39 keywords on a wallet or like a variety of things so in other words there's a lot of teaching required to get into bitcoin yeah and i i almost want to be that's my best bet i feel is to try to teach bitcoin at some point i don't know
0: it sounds like almost like it's a b2b product like you're like a corporate bitcoin trainer and you kind of you know like the the, 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 the kind of corporate health model where you you pitch the the company about you know the benefits of employee health and you know reducing missed days and productivity and all that stuff and then they subsidize in some way like education or services for the the, the employees
1: yeah well here's the here's the thing here's what what um, the shape of my life is presently so my overall personal goal is I want to be able to become location independent given that I've dedicated the bulk of my resources towards a boat I keep in new Orleans and there's bigger and there's faster and prettier. It's a West sail 32 if anyone wants to look them up, but like I want to start traveling on my small sailboat ultimately. Nice. So uh, my current life working on the water, I have a lot of downtime. I've got four days off a week and my time at work is largely about 85 to 90% downtime waiting for the task to happen that I do. So If there was some aspect of my life that required me to talk to someone on the phone for 15 minutes or shoot back a message or share a link, I can do that kind of thing. So I'm trying to determine how can I produce value to individuals in Bitcoin, not even so much in a monetary way. How can I be useful? How can I make something? How can I do something from remote with my current skill set with the time I have on my hands? That's kind of what I'm asking myself.
0: Gotcha. And are you this Facebook group with the seventy-one people? What kind of content are you sharing with them? Like, do you re- like on a regular clip? Do you share a certain type of content? Do you f- do you foster discussion? Like, how are you educating that okay, group of people?
1: So if I were to think about what content I share, I tend to share like two to three things a week. Um, I try to share um good foundational things that produce understanding like somewhere in that mix is that three brown one blue explanation of blockchain that pretty cleanly breaks it down in a half an hour like that one and there's i want to say the individual might have been speaking to senate or the canadian parliament uh, not andreas but another gentleman and he was in two minutes explained what bitcoin offers versus legacy systems I try to share things that in a very concise way help people understand what Bitcoin is, what it does. Like I share that, like, you know, the having chart that shows you every having every epoch from like now to like the end. And it shows you how diminishingly small the reward gets. Mm -hmm. I try to help people understand scarcity. I try to understand people, help people understand, uh, best practices, like I share some Jameson Lop content, like about uh, key management and so forth. So I try to have a blend of like Bitcoin epiphany, early epiphany stuff where you're realizing what Bitcoin is. I try to have some content that talks about good things to do and how to prevent problems. Like I've recently uh, began working, I don't know if you're familiar with eFani, uh, uh, that cellular provider. Have you ever heard of uh, a C within the space? But what it is, is a California based company that offers uh, SIM cards that are basically three day locked. And he has, and I couldn't tell you what the 11 11 client side security features are, but it's a very uh, private and secure way to prevent yourself from likely being SIM swapped.
0: Right.
1: i have chosen to use his service. And I think it's a good idea for people to look into and do their own research things like that. Like, I think there's a lot of good things out there we could do. Like I probably have shared something about running a note, even though I haven't successfully run my note, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I just, I, I, I almost look at it as my own personal development blog too. In the sense that when I see something that like broadens me or improves me, like I share some, uh, I just shared a real old tales from the crypt episode where uh, Bitcoin Tina was on back in like, January of nineteen or something. And it's a total frothing conversation between Marty and him for like three hours. And just yeah, it's it's just kind of a real casual thing. It's almost like having my own MySpace page, to be honest with you. Like this is not like enterprise grade or anything.
0: <laughs> You're just like, this is cool. This is interesting. This is cool. Check this out. Check that out. I-,
1: I hope out. to grow grow into something that can be developable in the sense that. Like, say if I was a coder, generally, if you are somebody that codes or builds, you want to have a good project paid so somebody can look at what you do and they say, oh, wow, look at what you did. You're doing things. And while I'm not on the technical front, I try to be on the human front and I try to align with the things that matter within Bitcoin. And I hope to, in time, be part of Bitcoin. Like, I don't know. Um, sometimes I think about, like, since I have a small captain's license, I have a couple sailboats. In time I think about the potential for sailing charters. I also think about the potential for graphical advertisement on sales. Like you can deliver impressions in a very cost effective way in some areas. Uh, like say if you were to go down New York's East River with a graphic spinnaker displaying like an exchange's name on it. Right. Like a lot of people are going to see that spinnaker. You'd sooner do it on the Hudson than the East River, but you get the idea.
0: Yeah, sure. So when you when you have these conversations, whether they're uh, like Facebook chat conversations around some piece of content you shared or presumably, you know, some that you've had in your personal life. What is the aspect that like you and the two part question? What's the aspect that you enjoy most? Like what gets you most amped up when you talk about Bitcoin? And what's mm-hmm. the part that people are most receptive to when you talk about Bitcoin? And because uh, I'm interested in knowing if it's one and the same, because what I find is, you know. I get enthusiastic I get enthusiastic pretty easily and when usually and I, I kind of usually say that enthusiasm is infectious now the flip side is that people can think you're a bit of a nut bar if you go over the top with it but right. um, what 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 gets like what gets you most amped up when you're talking about it to uh, like a a, no- a noob
1: I'll, I'll answer both of those but I just first want to mention that I feel like sometimes I'm guilty of trying to make them drink from the fire hose
0: right, like, right. in
1: other words like when you when you crack into that Bitcoin subject, Boom! It just comes forward, <laughs> and forward because we have had a big head start.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And I suppose when I'm when I'm trying to communicate to a noob about Bitcoin, I first really try to s- stay away from the how. I feel like the technical details under the hood, while they are important and they are fundamental for what this is and what this does, I don't think it's the first thing you need to grasp to know why it matters. I feel like the the permissionless aspects, the freedom, the censorship resistant, like those qualities that affect how it can be used and so forth. I feel are more under more important to understand to develop an appetite for wanting to hear about it. Sure. Um, You know, I I suppose I I really like talking about the scarcity aspect and I'm pretty big into the uh, monetary history. And I feel like, uh, like, I want to say it was heavily armed clown but together. The WTF happened in 1971 website.
0: He and, and ben, yeah. Hits
1: the nail on the head and drives it home. How this default Keynesian world we're living in has done so much to shape the way we behave. It's shaped so much. And I, I don't think it's good for us. Um, I've,
0: does that land with people? Like when you talk about coming off the gold standard in 71 and all the kind of deleterious social effects that have happened as a result?
1: Know. I don't think it does. <laughs> I mean, people, people. I don't know that they can envision living like without debt. And yeah, like in other words, I feel like as a Bitcoiner, eventually I feel like the best kind of Bitcoiner develops into a debt free kind of person that still chooses to hold more Bitcoin as one of the methods they store value. And a lot of people can't see life without debt. And the the problem with live, choosing to live without debt is you sometimes have to do without or simplify. Like I've, I've, at some points I've chosen not to buy things at a moment. I've chosen to buy less expensive things or choose simpler solutions or even buy used like i've also experienced like due to my decision to work on the water versus like being a workaholic nurse i've experienced i'll call it like a 60% downturn in income compared to when i was like you know working a ton on a night shift nursing mm-hmm. and that's a whole adjustment too and it's it's really surprising to me to look at how my life is now whereas when i was making a bunch of money i was in no way happier than like what my existence is now i have like 4 days off a week <laughs> I don't have as materially flush of a life as I did, but like, it's still a very good existence. I eat what I want. I go where I want. I've got a Jeep. i got a car. I've got a few boats like, and don't get me wrong. like I am an eccentric person and I make, uh, unusual life choices to be able to have a few boats and a Jeep and nonsense like that. In other words, I'm not somebody living in a luxury apartment for $1,300 a month or $1,500 a month. In other words, I live with some friends, my overheads low. And I know that probably hits on some sort of stereotypical Bitcoin or meme, but like <laughs> I feel like having low income, low overhead is my freedom. You know, yeah, like I
0: time preference, man. I mean, you know, you make sacrifices now to to reap the rewards in the future. Or, or, or even to shift the rewards now, as you say. I mean, you share a home, so you can be have freedom on the water more often. I, I, mean. I
1: have multiple boats, man. Like I've had a <laughs> Bristol Whaler. I've got a Trojan 10 meter. I have a Bristol 27. I've got a West Sail 32. Like, I've got a Starcraft. I have got a Grumman canoe. Like, all right, know,
0: like, all right. Well settle down, no, settle down.
1: All I'm trying to say is I love <laughs> boats, man. If anybody ever needs to sail, I've got you covered. Like, if you're passing through New Jersey, I will take anyone sailing.
0: Oh, That's I'm awesome. About it.
1: That's actually one of my goals as well uh, is to develop community sailing um, coastally, particularly in New Jersey. Um, I'm not that close to it, but I've got some ideas and some gears turning.
0: But so, like, so you got this passion with sailing, obviously, and being on the water. Like, do you think it's are you like I just to clarify, are you just kind of like doing your part for Bitcoin, or you actually want like This kind of uh, educational thing to morph into, as you were saying before, kind of like non geographically defined income. Is that what the goal is?
1: It would be good if it happened, but it doesn't need to happen. Right.
0: You just enjoy, you still, even without it, you would just enjoy having these conversations, creating these groups and stuff.
1: Absolutely. Like, in other words, like I'm already fed. Like, in other words, the things I do with Bitcoin. It's, uh, if I ever did evolve into something where like I was hanging my shingle in some way with Bitcoin, like that would be fantastic. And I have a few ideas of what I could try to do, but like, it's really not the priority. Um, specifically in terms of earnings, I'm I love growing in different directions. I'm in the process of studying to get my class B, uh, CDL to drive dump truck locally here in Jersey. There's a lot of, uh, gravel quarries here in uh, Lacey, New Jersey. So, um, basically since I've got four days off a week, I figure yeah. if I drive a little bit of dump truck, I do some boat work. I'm also probably branching out into some, uh, towing work, uh, over on the Raritan Bay this summer. I'm hoping fingers crossed that I would come together. I'm trying to enjoy my professional existence more so than just, uh, sacrifice my own wishes and wants just for money. Like, and that's paid dividends for me. Like, in other words, I was supposed to become like an art teacher first time around coming out of school, fine arts degree. I threw away the education part and I became a studio glass worker and I didn't have as much security and I didn't have as much money, but like, it was awesome. I got to listen to music, casual life. I was making goblets and lighting installations and table lamps and not sounds.
0: That sounds cool as shit.
1: It was awesome. I dug it. Um, if anybody have, ever wants to blow glass, one of the best places you can go do it and experience it is uh Jordana Corson's studio in studio Marlboro, New Hampshire, a half hour outside of Keene. She's fantastic. She was my professor in college and I worked for a number of other artists as well, but like, she's an awesome woman. If you're ever in New Hampshire, go blow glass.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so what about like the, the colleagues on, on the boats? Do you, do you try to have these conversations with them? Are they less receptive?
1: Yeah, but there, there's only one coworker who has the mind for it. Uh, I, I, work in a pretty simple role driving the oil boom boat. And if I was to stereotype, I've got a coworker that likes sports. I got a young guy that just, you know, chases girls and whatever. I've got an older gentleman that's just, you know, busy being a grandfather, enjoying that life. And, uh,
0: pretty set in their ways. I guess but the
1: intellectuals, the one, like there's this one guy that uh, he used to be an animator uh, earlier in life. And then I think he did some work with the postal service and he's got some geology degree, and He's a real thinker, you know, he reads, he messes around with Python. Like I talked to him about Bitcoin a little bit. He hasn't like swallowed the hook or really developed his own independent line of study, but he will lob the ball back and forth and talk about things regarding Bitcoin and how it fits into the world. Yeah. I haven't really done so great with finding people that really want to gravitate to it. Like I, uh, my friends that I uh, am close with, like so at the lake house where I'm living with some friends, Uh, they're all into their Robin Hood and their stocks and all this nonsense. And I can't even understand how you could look at what's going on right now and be remotely comfortable. Like, (laughs) like, this is not going to end well, I have to believe. I don't know, man.
0: Are they rubbing it in your face right now though? They're like,
1: Oh, my stock went up three X. don't think as Bitcoiners, I don't think we're doing that bad right now. Like, in other words, when I look at at how it's been, I feel quite all right. And uh, I, I feel like, Bitcoin is kind of almost like a calling beyond the number. Like, yes, I care about my financial security and my well-being and such. But like, you don't just dedicate yourself to Bitcoin just because of the number. Like, maybe at first you do. But generally speaking, the people that kind of put some skin in the game and get some grit and go pretty deep, it's because you start to care about it and it means something to you and so forth. Like, I don't know. I, I like this a lot.
0: Oh, I'm 100% with you. I mean, you know, Bitcoin, you know, I often say and I, I hear a lot of other people say it as well. Like Bitcoin is the social movement, protest movement, political movement of our time. You know, it just so happens that you may also, you know, secure your financial future with it if you're if you play your cards right. But, you know, um I I agree. It's, you know, it's about the revolution. The pump is, you know, a nice a nice thing to go with it.
1: If I could just say one thing why it's on my mind, I really think it's great that you're just talking to regular people in the Bitcoin community. I find that it's so interesting to hear. Like I really enjoyed hearing uh, from Surfer Jim the other day and <laughs> I, I followed him on Twitter and I, I, I see him talk about some of the things he talks about. And it's just like very interesting to see the different regular people that this is made out of, you know what I mean? Like 100%. people like Stony Bison, people like all these people out there. That's the important thing for people to realize. In other words, like Bitcoiners are just people. It could be anybody, you know, my friend, I only have one real life Bitcoin friend. He's a guy I went to high school with and uh, he like brooms dogs. Like that's his thing right now. And, you know, he's like into the same stuff as Joe Rogan and so forth. You touched upon it before. Uh, He's into Bitcoin. But generally speaking, Bitcoiners are hard to find.
0: Yeah, Um, man. It seems like we're all just these like sleeper cell monetary revolutionists that are just, you know, biding our time, stacking our sats and just, uh, you know, waiting for the right moment.
1: (laughs) Isn't it funny how late everybody feels when you first arrive? Like, I thought, oh, yeah. I, thought like, I was like the latest guy on earth when I showed up in uh, December 2017. I was like, oh, my God, I ruined it. Never <laughs> now I feel early. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so
0: goddamn early. You know, once, once you really start yeah. to learn about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I find myself being impatient sometimes because, you know, you see the potential of it and you want to bring it forward as fast as possible of course you do but sure. objectively speaking like you, when you really start to see what's going on it is so early it's when you know did
1: you come in about like where where in the bitcoin years did you enter um
0: i can't remember if it was 14 or 15 it was on a trip i was wow. in Bo- i was in bali and uh i had been like by that point i was thoroughly interested you know saw all the andreas videos and um all that kind of stuff and just had never taken the time to figure it out and then i i actually went to a co-working space there and they okay. just finished a bitcoin uh talk and i was like god damn i missed it but i met this girl and she was like um come back tomorrow and we'll have dinner i was with my girlfriend and she, she was like we'll have dinner with my boyfriend uh and you and your girlfriend and we'll talk about bitcoin and we'll like we'll get you set up and i was like yes and then. Um, I, I emailed her to like set up the time the next day and she just went totally cold. I went to the co-working place, nothing. So she, okay. she, she just spoofed. But um, on the corner of like a main kind of tourist drag there, there was um, like a retail Bitcoin uh, place that it, its whole thing was just helping people uh, like get set up with Bitcoin. So I went in and my girlfriend and I set up a wallet, bought some Bitcoin. We were there for like an hour. It took for ages. I don't I don't know what. Like what was so involved with the process? Because at the time it was just a blockchain.info wallet, right? And you 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 yeah. know you pay some money, you get some Bitcoin in return. Um, so that was when uh, I got in and started taking it more seriously. But um, you know, I with each passing day, I I am more convicted, and my stacking reflects that. I guess you would say. <laughs> yeah. um, what was I going to ask you? Something about what what you were just saying. What were we talking about? You were talking about when you got in. Oh, how how early we are. The um the thing that always gets me too is that you were saying about how we're all just normal people and we're you know we're living our lives and we see this thing and it's really compelling to us and we want to see the impact that it's going to have. It all, like when you're in it, you can feel as though you're waiting for something, but as these conversations kind of indicate and the fact that you know everyone's just normal people doing their thing we we are the happening and every day a couple more normal people come in and they start asking those questions and they start going down that rabbit hole and then they become the people that are waiting for other people and we're all just like it's slowly happening I guess beneath our feet and we're waiting for some big moment where maybe there's some recognition or or you know the price action or the failure of this or that but really it's just it's all just happening right now through all of us normal people all all, all over Ooh. the world looking out and saying man shit does not add up and then this thing over here like makes so much sense and the synthesis of those two things just compels you to be involved
1: there's a uh young kid I know, uh, on the internet that lives in Oklahoma that just, uh, DM me a couple weeks ago that he just got his first $20 of Bitcoin. And he's a young guy cutting his teeth in the world, finding his way. Nice kid. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know where I found him or what the story is, but he's a good kid. And it's just nice to see him moving down that path. It was just really cool to Why? see that. I, I felt like the content I shared in life influenced him to sort of Go down the rabbit hole.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, man. And like, when you consider people like Andreas, uh, who who you know have have influenced so many people, even though you know I find myself uh, disagreeing with some of like Andreas's political views these days, and maybe I'm just being a dick because anybody can think whatever they want, right? And the important part is the kind of value he's brought to the space, but. You know, it's just amazing to think of how many minds he's set down that trail of yeah. learning about this stuff and the, you know, the real-world impact that all those people who he kind of orange-pilled is going to have.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I, I, on that same note of people in the community and who we look up to and so forth, I feel almost that it's important that we sometimes forgive our heroes in this field. I know a lot of people are upset with some of the things that went on with that Mimble Wimble coin with Trace and so forth. That was a big uh, downfall and so forth. And I don't think we can celebrate the things we wouldn't like to see in the community, but people stumble. And I just feel like he should come back if he dude, still likes
0: to dude. I totally agree with you. But the thing is, is if you stumble, you gotta own up to it. You gotta come and right, face face right. the music. You gotta come and say, and let's assume you did make a, an actual mistake and there was no like you know, confusion misunderstanding or misunderstanding. Or you You come and say, "I fucked up, you know, like I was greedy, right. I wanted it too much, or whatever, whatever or if it's some other thing where it's like you know a different you know uh, difference of opinion or something, that's why we're all here. I'm not here to say I hate you for having a di- different point of view right, i'm right. i'm I'm saying come and talk to me about our differing points of view. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe I'm right. Maybe we come to a new understanding altogether, but let's have the conversation. What's the, what's the point of just holding these and not testing them? You know, so if you do fuck up, like it's fine. Like you said, we're all human, but you got to come and face the music and, and own up to it.
1: Oh, agreed. I, I just It's such a charged community. It's intense. <laughs> and it, it's also, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a difficult thing. Like everybody enters new to Bitcoin to find that path to become kind of like really focused on Bitcoin and to understand that like, it's not here because credit cards were too slow or whatever dumb reasons. Sometimes people think Bitcoin matters. Like it's hard to get to that place. In other words, there's a lot of pitfalls where you could go astray.
0: Yeah. And as you say, I mean, I I tend now that I, I, I tend to think the toxicity is ultimately a virtue, but it's obvious, you know, it's very easy to understand why for people first entering the space, it can be a massive turnoff, right? Because they see yeah. the kind of aggressive attitude that people have and people just think, oh, what a bunch of assholes. I don't want to be involved in something like this. But if you can, if your own curiosity and pursuit of knowledge and and truth is strong enough to get past some, you know, such surface level, such a surface level kind of facade, then you, you get past it and you wind up realizing not only what Bitcoin is because you persist and you continue to learn about it, but you also come to realize that like beyond after you get past the toxicity, at least this has been my experience. and I shouldn't generalize it, but the vast majority of people that I connect with in this space are like really great people. You know, they, they want what's good for, of course, themselves and their family, but also the world. I mean, that's why a lot of them are so passionate about Bitcoin, because they know, you know, how beneficial it will be for all people in, in the world. And they want that for people. And even like I'll attack someone's idea because I want to throw down with the idea. I want to I want right. to smash those two ideas together and I want to be proven wrong or I want to prove you wrong or I want to refine my understanding in some way. That's the whole point. But that doesn't mean I yeah. got to attack the person. I don't hate that person because their idea is p- sucks. I, but you know, so let me attack the idea in in its full kind of ferocity, and the person is something totally separate.
1: It, that's uh, and that's very important to realize that it's not an attack on the person; it's a discussion. Like, and some people can't separate the two. I suppose
0: that's true. That's true. And you know, they're they're. That's a shame, and that's a that's a commentary on the broader you know. Yeah, a social discourse that's happening today and it's something that it's thin skin age oh thin skin yeah and everything is based off emotion They're, like logic and reason um and truth and as accurate of as possible data just doesn't seem to be that important of a factor it's just about how like emotional a reaction can be generated from something and that is what people go off of and you know I've been saying this a bunch lately because I'm so dismayed by it, because if you if you don't base these discussions or broader societal questions around logic, reason, truth, as accurate data as possible, then you're doomed. You're If you're just if you're just basing off emotion and impulse, you uh, come yeah. to nothing. You come to nothing but destruction. Mm-hmm you know, and we're seeing a lot of manifest manifestations of that today, man. One of the things I was thinking about with the, um, and I know this is super cliche. I mean, there's so many podcasts and stuff out there now, and it's, it can be kind of hard to cut through the noise, but like I'm genuinely interested in, and I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll even start doing it myself, but I think there's tremendous value in, um, having, all perspectives and methods of communication being represented and because you know so many of us communicate in different styles and have different perspectives i think this opens the door for everyone to do this but like i'd love to hear you know you mentioned the conversation with your um the colleague on the boats yes right the intellectual one like yeah, I fucking, yeah. i'd love to hear a recorded conversation of you and him jamming on bitcoin like just just i do that often like when i'm in real life i'll, I'll just put the, the recorder on my phone and put it on the table And I'll just Uh chat with people like that would be a cool piece of content to to put out and say like, this is a discussion we had, or if it's with a a total noob.
1: I think the broad cross section you're sampling is really interesting. And I I hope what comes of it is a people can see a little piece of themselves in all these different people that you speak with. I think it's really cool that you're speaking to people that are just regular people within the Bitcoin space you know what I mean? I'm, I'm no different than any, any other big really. I'm, you know, I'm only at the level of having a couple hardware wallets, you know, software wallet. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm no big deal. Like For, world, forefront
0: of the revolution, man. What are you talking about?
1: I, I know. But in other words, you have people, <laughs> I know what you mean. You have like your people that are contributing to projects and, have run like every flavor of software and can comment on the nuances between them. Like I got a huge respect for like the real like protocol level scholars within our space that not only get like the things we were talking about, but they get the nuts and bolts of this stuff. And it's really good that we have them almost to just be like, almost like diplomats between the tech stack and us. Cause I don't speak the tech stack. But when you hear someone you can trust, who's knowledgeable about it, break it down into pieces, we can just basically take their takeaway and run with it, you know?
0: Totally. And I I really appreciate those people and their work as well. You know, but the the reality is talk about like your normal person. They're speaking an alien language to a normal person. I mean, you and I probably have difficulty keeping up even as much, you know, research uh, and attempts that we make. So I, I think I just think there's room for so many uh, approaches to all of this, like we said, I mean, the reason why the rabbit hole is so stimulating is because it touches on so many different things, and so you can this. The doorways are infinite to this, and I think I, I'm just I would love to hear these conversations go down with like a
1: coin enthusiast. Sure, I have a friend who's a, a no coiner. Uh, he lives in Vermont, and he's uh, I think does some work with art maybe paintings I'm not certain and he messaged me the other day and he's trying to figure out something he can do with bitcoin to do with his art and he barely knows what he's trying to do and it was unfortunate he shared with me some like you know shit coin that is saying it's going to do something with art and like I automatically had huge concerns about like well what network is this operating on what is it promising to do in other words like it's way too much web page and team headshots and like you just almost know that it's not going to become the dominant force in like modern painting like (laughs) i i don't i can't promise you it won't be but like the odds are against it like in other words it's just some damn thing happening in australia and it's who fucking knows right but uh yeah. It's interesting how people there's outsiders that are nibbling on the edges of this space, trying to figure out what to do with it. And it, they will learn things. It, it, it's so undiscovered. It's almost like how there was a time that like Netscape was revolutionary. And then we had a different web browsing experience. Like it, we don't even know what's going to be launched on top of this. In other words, like, in other words, the thing that just goes pop that you're like, wow, how do we live without this? Like, it's still waiting in the wings, right? It's just potential's there. The open architecture allows for that, which is the beautiful thing. I love that. Uh, internet beats intranet any day. Like the fact that anything can be built on top of Bitcoin, if you could conceptualize it, if you can implement it, it'll run on top of it. And I don't who knows what we're going to build with this thing. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's super exciting. And I think, Because, you know, I think part of the reason, and perhaps it's the case with, you know, this, this artist person, is like Bitcoin is on the surface, like when you first encounter it, so not sexy. You know, it's way sexier to be like, oh, like... You know, blockchain for monetizing struggling art visual artists. Like, oh my God, this is what right. we needed. We've always been underappreciated. Now we're going to combine this great new tech with our talents and it's going to be fucking amazing. And this, like, Absolutely. it's going to, we're going to reap all the rewards. And the, so yeah,
1: Ethereum. Yeah, I get you.
0: Right, right. And whereas Bitcoin just like over there in the corner, like, yeah, bro, I'm just like revolutionary sound money. That's it. You know, That's whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and people aren't that excited about that um, on the surface, and which is a shame because I think it leads a lot of people uh, down roads that you know ultimately uh, probably leave them worse off than when they started. But um, but I think you're right, man. We we can't imagine yet what's going to be built on you know layers above uh, the base layer and all the different wonderful things that it's going to be able to do. Um, so for now, we until we can just like point and say, "Hey," or check this out and show people. You know, we've got to have these kind of. We got to. We've got to try to speak to people where they're at on the things that are relevant to them, and that can be difficult, right? Because with something that's so varied and it's, um, you know, it has it impacts so many things. You got to be a fairly skilled communicator to know where to start with somebody. You know, because like I, I've gone into. Um, conversations and it's like do you start with the history of money to somebody who doesn't even know who's never even questioned what like why their national currency is just a piece of paper
1: you only have a minute with somebody like and once you go too steep on that learning curve you fly too close to the sun and they crash to the ground like it's so tricky to find that sweet spot like sometimes i feel like you just got to give somebody a breadcrumb and then pull back yeah, You like can't drown these people like the, the whole drinking from the fire hose thing. That's I think the, the number one thing we have to be careful of.
0: Yeah. But I think ultimately, and you said this a bit earlier, but like, I think NGU tech is going to bring in most people
1: when you say ngu tech i'm sorry
0: so ngu is number go up it's kind of a meme oh, yeah, floating yeah, yeah, yeah. around now okay, okay. um because you know everybody's greedy and the beautiful thing about this sure. thing is is it hijacks your people's greed and once they're i'm not
1: going to lie that's what opened my eyes personally in other sure. words it, it hit me with the realization that i was like holy crap if i acted in 2013 when this first crossed my plate my life would be different that's what i, w- I was hit with that realization i felt like I missed the biggest opportunity in my life.
0: Yeah. And everybody wants to upgrade their life, right? Everyone wants more freedom to do the things that they want to do. And so I think, and that's a tricky one because, you know, you just run around telling people that, you know, this is the greatest investment ever. And then it waxes and wanes and, you know, that's a bit of a sensitive
1: thing. I I never, I never, I never preached to to number go up. I I personally don't feel if, if you have to want Bitcoin, if you're, if you don't have that knowledge of it, that belief in it, that connection to it, you will not possibly weather the volatility nor the gains. You'll think you won and you'll exit early or you won't be able to hang and you'll leave because you lost blank. Like the.
0: But what was, was your connection? experience? Cause you, you, you know, you bought the top in 2017, right? Or thereabouts.
1: Um, I'm a bit of an odd case in my opinion, in the sense that I'm not all risk. I'm not all that risk averse. And pretty much my situation, I looked at it was, well, it's, it walked away on me once. I'm not going to let it walk away on me twice. I'm going to be part of this. I'm going to learn about it. And I'm going to do it. Right. And it's either going to happen or it's not, but I won't ever have say like, wow, I watched it walk away from me. And then I did nothing the second time. And look, I screwed up twice. Like in other words, We're either going to succeed at this someday and that'll be great for me and you and anybody else that chooses to be involved or I'll know I tried and I value this for reasons beyond strictly the number. Like, in other words, yes, the number matters, but I'm hoping that we, like, I am bitter as hell about like, I look at things like Wells Fargo, 2008, like my brother was a young family man, that kind of thing, single income earner, mechanic, and they gave him way more mortgage than he needed and it's predatory like in other words it was two separate mortgages and the one on top had awful terms and like they screw the hell out of so many people like credit is not a product like most products like if i make a good or product like you'd like to believe that like yeah i use this brand ratchet because it's the best one and it's corrosion resistant and it meets my needs like all right, good. Happy customer. Glad you're with us. Like, whereas these financial products are not something you'd wish upon your children or mother or yourself, like, and that's where it goes off the rails for me is you can't recommend what they sell in good faith, really. It's it's like their product is poison and it hurts real people and you like look all over and there's a lot of people banged up because of the way credit is offered, the way mortgages are structured, the way our society is built and i don't like it i don't like what it does to people and that's a big part of why i feel i'm involved too like it's kind of in the back of my mind i don't think about it all the time but i am pissed as hell about what banks do what they aim to do they will know they'll stop at nothing you know what i mean it's disgusting
0: yeah. but i think that's really well put man and i do think about it all the time like i you know when we talk about what you just said is like i'm when i really saw what was going on here you know you ask yourself the question because you said like of course it can go to zero of course this this thing can fail right um but even if it did would you be able to live with like look back on your your life and live with yourself knowing that you know the opportunity was there and you didn't fully engage in it to try to even if just like a tiny bit increase its chances of success
1: uh, I feel like failure is so unlikely just because this whole movement is made out of hard-headed, dedicated, <laughs> crazy people. Where, in other words, like, I wrote it from, like, my first buy was at, like, 17350 And I wrote that down to, I have to confess, like, I had an abrupt situation. I did sell at 6000 in September of eighteen and i rebought in december of 18 and i continued to buy through 19 and 20 but like life demanded it of me i needed those funds to clear out something else and that's just right. what i do but bottom line is i ride this all over and i don't even care at this point like yeah so but i'm not going to lie and say oh i never sold the sat because i did yeah, my right. life demanded that i needed those funds and i couldn't have them locked up in bitcoin i needed them for something at that time yeah so i did you know what I mean? Yeah, of and, course.
0: Uh, you got to do what's rational. and you know, that, Yeah, that well, I mean,
1: you. that's just it. Like, I, I found myself, you know, that's the funny thing about life, man, is I, sometimes you find yourself in less than desirable circumstances, but you have this, like, paralysis where you don't make the changes necessary to improve your life. And sometimes if you don't make a decision, life chooses for you. And it was kind of like that for me. And it was just beautiful the way life happened afterwards in the sense that, like, we'll just say, like, shit hit the fan. Like, about, like, 45 minutes after shit hit the fan, I find a posting on Facebook, an older sailor looking to get a hand moving a boat down the ICW. I talk to the gentleman. I visit. I meet him. I agree to help him move his 140 from uh, Solomon Island, Maryland, down to Daytona Beach, Florida. And it was, like, a wonderful time to, like, self-reflect, think about where I'm pointed and so forth. And that's when I started moving closer to the water in terms of like how I feed myself, how I exist, so forth. I do a little bit of recreational boat sales. I do the working on the water. You know what I mean? So in other words, like sometimes like when things aren't going well, sometimes it's just as well to just let it go to shit, let it fall apart and build it back the way you'd like it. Don't stay in your crummy situation just because you feel like you can't. Because I'll, I'll tell you what the fact that I was making really good money made me feel trapped. Like I was like, I can't quit this. I'm making this or that. Like, you know what I mean? I was getting tons of hours. It was the best I've ever done dollars and cents, but I was the most unhappy I've ever been as a person. And it, it impacted me negatively. And I made, yeah, it was horrible, bro. Not Not to brush up against that, but like, and that's kind of a little bit what, what it does to you like for example the reason i was working so hard is when i bought that boat i have in new orleans i couldn't afford it like at all i stuck my neck out pretty far bought that on a loan and it's paid off now and that's great but like i was running full tilt for years to get that damn thing paid off yeah and the way people have their earnings spent 3 4 years in advance mm-hmm. or more they are running at like redline rpms full time in their life and people are in a bad way. Like it's not good for people. You should be like thinking about what you want to earn, taking what you earn, thinking about what you want to do with it. But we're not meant to run like, you know, balls to the wall every minute of our lives. It's taxing, it's stressful, it destroys us. One hundred percent. I like my life like this way more. Just yeah. living simple.
0: Dude, my I feel like it. Good. I, you know, my last job in, in Shanghai, I was miserable, making really good money, um, working a shit ton. Like I'd go for 28 days, some days without a break. Wow. And um, I like I was so unhappy that right. I once I finally left it, you know, I went to Thailand for a few weeks to blow off some steam. And yeah. I don't by that, I don't mean party like I for yeah, me, blow, for, for me, blowing off steam is like doing a bunch of Muay Thai and swimming in rivers and shit. But like just okay. to kind of recharge my batteries. And um, and then I bought a motorhome and uh, drove around Europe for three months and just, you know, talked to people recorded random conversations with anyone who wanted to sit down for a chat, you know, and a lot of these types of conversations where yeah, you're, yeah. you know, you're talking about your experience of life and, and how you look out on the world and the situations that sometimes you you're in by your own choices. Sometimes you're in by, via just the inertia or momentum of, of life and circumstance. And then like actually having that kind of pivotal moment where you're like, you know what I, I like, on the one hand, I got all these pros that like I'm supposed to be, you know, um, satisfied with, like the money and the this and the that and that. Right. And on this side, I'm fucking unhappy as shit. So I wanna, yeah. I wanna like do the things that are gonna increase this column here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know exactly what that is. Maybe I'm gonna have to try some things. Maybe I'm gonna have to jump off the deep end. Uh, and you do it. And uh, as you say, I mean, maybe less income, but a lot more, a lot more happiness. And what's interesting yeah. about Bitcoin in particular. Um, is that a lot of people in this space, uh, let's say they're working for Bitcoin, are being paid way less than they could be paid in another domain. Now, you could argue that maybe that's a bad strategy and you should just make as much fiat as you can right now, stack sats and whatever. But for those people that are like compelled to contribute to the space in in a different way, like I've had private conversations with a lot of people that um, are pretty much just scraping by but but because they're spending a lot of their time contributing to this space um and the the irony of it is they've never been happier they're happy to do that like they, they, they get to wake up and engage in something that they find meaningful
1: yeah and that detail you're touching upon there that sort of core drive that's driving this development that's driving that thing that's powerful that's not somebody that's just like
0: Pay, you yeah, know getting a paycheck to do some work or whatever
1: trying to pull something and make a move and get out like these are people that are principled and doing it for reasons and so forth and that's what a lot of people that's that like special sauce that's in bitcoin that people can't even quantify and don't even know it's there until you get into it a little bit like there's you you start to see the kind of grit that is involved with the people that do this and it, it's the kind of thing where it comes about slowly but there's numerous bitcoiners that are grinding their way through what they want to do in bitcoin like i'm just going to randomly make an example and i don't even know their situations well but like take crypto cloaks they do a great job they make a good product i don't know what the road was like for them to decide to be that company to do that thing to make those offerings you know what i mean and it probably was a process of discovering and improving their craft and building connections and look at how it evolves and look at what they've done, but I'm I'd wager. It didn't start easy. In other words, none of it starts easy. Like even take like you got Rodolfo and coinkite That probably didn't start easy either. Mm -hmm. None of it starts easy. And that's the beautiful thing is people want this badly and they work at it and they make it happen. Yeah. And that's the most encouraging thing for me about Bitcoin is the sense that you could get us down in the moment. Like we'll have lows, we'll have highs, but at the end of the day, it just keeps chugging along. And, uh, you know, it's more of a, uh, when not if kind of situation, like right. in other words, not going away. That's what's so beautiful about it being so lean, mean, robot, robust, and just not giving a damn. Like you can try to take a hit at Bitcoin, but it just keeps on chugging along.
0: It's yeah. Incredible. And I know this will sound weird to people that aren't super into it, but like, it's a, it's the type of work or engagement that like feeds your soul sort of, you know, because you're so aligned with, with what this is and you want it to succeed so much. It's not just like you're working at a job and you get paid 150 K a year, you punch in, you punch out and you have a nice house and a nice life and everything. Like it's so much uh, more meaningful than that. And this creates what some people might, you know, hyperbolically call zealots or just, you know, passionate people that are engaged in the space. But Another great example is BTC pay server, right? Like these, awesome. they, they had a, beautiful a example. they had a community of people that were like pretty much not getting paid anything. Or if like right. some, some people weren't. And if they were they're getting like not enough to live on or anything like that. Like all these people had to be sorting out their income, uh, in other, other ways, the but ways, they were yeah. contributing to this project because they, you know, they saw the potential of it. They knew how important it was. They loved the other people that they were working on it with. There was right. such strong, like ideological alignment around it and then they end up building an awesome product. They, you know, now obviously they're getting support from, you know, different members of the community. They're getting financial support. And it's just, that's a beautiful thing to see. And like, tell me another industry where something like that happens.
1: It's incredible. And I, I, I think it's going to keep on spreading specifically BTC pay server. Like right now off the top of my head, I would be really interested to see if some aspects of the BISC project, and BTC pay server could interact. So say if I was a merchant and I received a payment in Bitcoin, but let's say for some reason I had a need for fiat, it would be interesting if you could go from your non-custodial BTC pay server wallet. And then I guess there's nothing stopping you from putting something on BISC. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, or like something with with strike, you know, when when they like fully launch and stuff. I, I
1: love what I love what uh, Jack Mallers is doing and so forth. Like, what a really, I love that he's coming at it from like the mercantile exchange front, and he's talking about how quick it is for true final settlement. Like, it's interesting that we're getting Bitcoin's becoming more sophisticated in a sense. Like, it's connecting to larger markets, larger things yeah, he's doing great work.
0: Yeah. He's a fucking wonder kid, man. I, I, uh, yeah, I absolutely. love that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, Mike, this has been a, a super fun chat, man. Do you want to, any last words before we shut this thing down?
1: Anybody passing through New Jersey, if you ever want to go sail and shout me out, St- storm jib on Twitter, I'll take you out on the barn and get back. That's, Dude, what I got.
0: That's, that's a deal. When I'm, when I'm in New Jersey, I'll definitely hit you up. I love to, I the love New to get Jersey on the water.
1: nothing special. It's a, uh, you probably can't even see it. I'll I'll, I'll take us to the uh, to the water.
0: The tour. I think you gotta you gotta unmute yourself. You put your mute on. There you go.
1: Uh, I don't I don't think you could see the sailboat over there.
0: No, it's pretty dark.
1: Oh well. There's a sailboat across the lagoon. It's a good one. It's, it's, just a, it's just an old beater, but it's rigged well and I go out and anything with it. It's a brick shit house. It's a Bristol 27 heavy displacement, small cruising sailboat. Nice.
0: <clears throat> um, Love it. Also before you go um, for people out there, I mean, I, I know it's invite like, do you want to um, I mean, shout if out? Anybody the, wants, the Facebook if anybody's
1: group? on Facebook and you want to uh, check out nurses discussing Bitcoin, I, I let in people that aren't nurses. I mean, that's just a name nurses discussing Bitcoin. I focus on nurses, but uh, yeah, you just look it up on Facebook. The uh, group is called nurses discussing Bitcoin. I welcome anybody to join. You want to share good quality Bitcoin content. You're welcome. It's just huh? uh, trying to, trying to hunt for normies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Normie hunting. Well, man, uh, this was super fun and uh, good luck with everything. Hit me up uh, anytime for another chat or if you got questions and you know, Next time you have one of those conversations, throw it, throw down the iPhone or your recording device and record it. And uh, even if you don't want to publish it publicly, I'd love to hear it. So do it and fire it over.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to get you your recording. I'll have you one within the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh, amazing. I can't wait, man. All right.
1: Check All right you take later. care, good brother.
0: You, John. Have a good
1: day. See, See you man. later.